Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Hallelujah. Let's all stand for the reading of the word of the Lord. Again, we welcome all of you today to the house of God. Thankful for his goodness and for the sunshine outside. I was gone the last couple of days, but I hear you had some snow. It's about time, isn't it? Yeah. There's a, there's a, there's a divided audience here today about snow. The book of Mark, chapter 13. Book of Mark, chapter 13, and verse 33. I'm going to reach for every single person in this building to be right with God. There's a lot of verses about the blessing, the joy, the deliverance, the healing, the mercy, the grace, all of that. But there's also verses like this. Take ye heed. You better pay attention when he says, take heed. Watch and what? Pray. For you know not when the time is. For the Son of Man is a man taking a far journey who left his house and gave authority to his servants and to every man his work and commanded the porter to watch. Understanding this is that Jesus gave his life. He walked for 40 days on the earth. He was resurrected, returned to heaven. Amen. He turned the authority over to the disciples which we now call the body of Christ or the church of Jesus Christ. We are the church of Jesus Christ. That's right. The church of God. This is just a house, but we are the body of Christ. He has turned the authority over to us. He told the disciples, whatsoever you bind on earth, I'll bind in heaven. Whatsoever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So the authority is in our life. But it goes on to say, Watch ye therefore, for ye know not when the master of the house cometh. Speaking about his return. At even or at midnight, or at the cock crowing, or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. And what I say unto you, I say unto all, Watch. Come back and find you asleep. Uh, You know, if the boss showed up and you were asleep on the job, understand? The boss would show up and you're not doing your job. You're fired. Or at least you should be. <laughs> but what he's saying is, he's coming back. Just because he left doesn't mean you can just do whatever you want to do. we got to labor for the master. I'd like to preach to you on this subject from this verse. If Jesus came tonight, Simply, if Jesus came tonight, the Bible says lift your heart with your hands. Would you do that and ask God to speak to your spirit? The Lord has called you here today. If Jesus came tonight, Lord, I pray today that you would touch every person that has gathered in this place. You would move over their spirit, everyone watching online. God, I pray that you would stir their soul, Lord, to be right with you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray and everybody says amen. You may be seated. Can I ask you a question today? If 
If Jesus came tonight, would you be ready? If Jesus came tonight, would you have fulfilled that which he's asked you to fulfill? If Jesus came tonight, is your heart filled with love and forgiveness or does it have hatred and bitterness inside of it? Today, it really does matter where your heart is because Jesus could simply come tonight. Is your heart righteous or is it unrighteous? Is your heart clean or is it dirty? Are you pleasing to him or would you find yourself in the category of scripture that says that you are ungodly because it does matter because Jesus is going to come. The scripture tells us in the Thessalonians that he's going to come like a thief in the night. Everybody say a thief in the night. In the old timers back in the day and let me preach a sermon to you today that will be sobering maybe for some. But if you look back in the old time way, they, they preached messages like sinners in the hands of an angry God. What would happen if God would come in the next few moments? They would have testimony services. I was listening to a, a man that came to the Lord many years ago and he told me, he said, when I came to church, he said, I was the only, there was only 13 of us there. He said, I was the guest. He said, everyone in the room stood up and testified how they would make a statement. And he said, I'll never forget that. He said, they stood up and they say, I just want you to know my heart is right with God. And if Jesus would come tonight, I'd be ready. A little bit later, another one would stand up and say, my heart has been made right with God. And if he would come, I'd be ready. He said, I was the guest there. He said, the only ones that didn't testify, he said, was a baby and me. He said, then the preacher started preaching about the sinner that's in the room. And he said, he went as far as to say, please stretch your hand to any sinner that you know is in the room. Now, we're not going to do that today. It sort of reminded me when my dad was planting a church in West Virginia and, and uh, you know, it was us four and no more, just my brother and my mom and my dad, you know, and myself, and we'd be there. And, you know, when dad started preaching about sin, I started thinking, what's David been doing? Preach about eternity, you know, and and you can only imagine how you would feel. And he said, he said they'd pray for the sinner that was in the room, and you know, you're 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 on the spot in that moment. Wasn't a crowd this big in that in that congregation that day. He said, but I could not get away from the fact that he preached about where you're going to spend eternity. Do you have sin in your heart? Do you have sin in your life? He said, I I left that church that day, and I'm sure he felt somewhat embarrassed. But he said later, I just could not part with what they prayed on me and that was I gotta get my heart right with God I want you to know today that, that this life is just a season it's just a portion of where you will be the Bible talks about eternal life and I think sometimes we interpret that meaning just a better life We talk about he gives us eternal life. Oh, he changed me. Man, now he's blessed me. I got a good job, got a good family, and my health's good, things are going well, and oh, God's been good to me. But we forget that he didn't come just to give us a better life. He came to give us eternal life. What is eternal life? That's a living beyond this life. And I ask you a, a, a very sobering question. If Jesus came tonight, where would you be tomorrow? 
what would happen to you if you closed your eyes, maybe in death tonight? Where would your eyes open tomorrow? I'll never forget hearing the story of the atheist. He did not believe. and He, he was adamant that he did not believe. And, and uh, he, he came in and in his parting of his death, when he was dying, one man began to say, he said, I can feel the flames starting at my feet. And it began to rise up his body until he took his last breath because he was going into eternity. One man that was an atheist made a statement. He said, his friend said, man, you've got to hold on. He said, I don't have anything to hold on to. But I have stood there and heard the stories growing up of watched people that have everlasting life have peace on them because somewhere in their life they turned from sin. They made their life right with God through repentance, not just saying I believe in him. There's more to this than just believing in Jesus Christ. He said you gotta turn away from your wickedness. You gotta turn away from your sin. Amen. The Bible says that all liars shall have their part in the lake of fire. And I have heard the stories. I'll never forget Donna Odell. Donna Odell came to the church in Glen Ferris. She was introduced to my dad in the hospital. She had said, she said, you know, my mind tells me I'm okay, but there's something missing in my heart. It seems like something's not right in my heart. She said, I'm a believer, but there's something missing. And Martha Angel began to tell, talk to her. And, and uh, uh, they would call her Martha Angel before they even knew what her last name was. She was a lady that had given her life to help people. She never married. She took care of her sister. Then she took care of her mother. When her dad had a stroke, she took care of him. She was an RN. She worked at the hospital, just devoted her life. She's retired now, but she was just a blessing to so many people. And uh, when this lady began to pray, they, they said, you need Martha in your life. She came to her and, as a nurse and began to talk to her. She said, I feel here that I'm okay, but something down here says something's missing. Something's not right in here. And she began to talk to her. And my dad went to see her. He told her about repentance and being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ by water of submersion. When he said that and showed in the scripture how they both went down into the water and how the only way they were baptized by saying the name of Jesus Christ over them in the book of Acts. And when she said that, she said, that's what's missing. Something's been missing. I need that in my life. And she repented. Yes, yeah, she prayed. I was there. I remember the moment they brought Donna Odell to the church and she had uh, terminal cancer. And I remember she had a morphine pump here on her side and they tried to get the uh, plastic around that because she was determined she wanted to be baptized. When we baptized her, I was just a boy, but I was there. When we baptized her, she came up out of the water, of course soaking wet, submerged in the water. Her hands were just like this. She would cry. I can still hear her voice, Donna. I hear her voice. She'd cry and then she'd laugh. She'd cry, then she'd laugh. She'd cry, then she'd laugh. I remember that, that that plastic around the morphine and, and the pump that she had. And she said, oh, pass the bound, she'd say. And her accent, pass the bound, she'd say. She said, oh, pastor, she said, when I went under that water, she said, I saw heaven open. She said, the Lord showed me heaven and he showed me my, my name plate at the supper table of the lamb. She said, oh, pastor, now I know that my heart is right and I'm ready. There was some things she had to do. 
I'll never forget, I wasn't there the next moment, but my dad said he went to her house and, and she called, she said, Pastor, she said, Pastor, you gotta get down here. She said, because I'm about to go. And uh, she attended our church for a couple years with terminal cancer and dad went to her house and she said, oh, Pastor. She said, I can see heaven open again. She said, I can see it right now. She said, oh, Pastor. She said, there's the marriage supper table of the lamb. There's my name plate there. She said, oh, oh, Pastor. She said, the angels are coming for me. I can see them coming. I'm having a wonderful time. Eyes rolled back in her head and she went just like that. I'm going to tell you if I'm going to go, that's how I want to go. Amen. I don't want flames at my feet. I want heaven open to me. Come on, if Jesus would come tonight, where will you be tomorrow? It matters. What are you postponing? What are you pushing off? Hallelujah. Uh, I'll never forget my wife. We were going to bed. She said, honey, she said, God's moved us here to Zanesville to reach people we do not know and we believe in that. We're so glad God moved us here. So thankful to be here. All the people we've seen baptized and come to the Lord. It's been worth it. But she made a statement. We were still youth pastoring then. She said, but what about our family? What about our family back home? She said, I'm concerned about my grandfather. I'm concerned about that. She said, what do we do? She said, I I just want my family to be saved above all else. And he wasn't a church going man. I said, I don't know what to do, but I grabbed her hand and I slipped off the side of the bed and I bent my knee that night and I said, God, would you get a hold of of Charlie Tuckett? Would you start stirring his heart, God, today? And, And you know what? Two weeks later, got a phone call, and uh, they said, you know, Papa hadn't been sleeping. He says it feels like uh, uh, he's dealing with some level of anxiety. He feels like he's not right with God. And uh, he's, he's wanting to see a preacher. People have been telling him, they said, you know, I don't know why you're so worried about eternity. You know, you, you're a believer. You used to go to church. You used to sing in the choir. been years and years and years ago, but... But, you know, you, you, you've got a level of faith. You're okay. He said, no, something's not right. I got told my wife, I said, let's, get in, let's, let's go down. And uh, we run down to West Virginia. When I walk in the door, he'd usually call me Aaron, and I think he called her number 14. When I walked in that day, hey, preacher, I slipped on the side of the bed in that assisted living place where they were at, and Slipped on the side of the bed that day and stood sat beside him. I said, Papa, I said, what's going on? He said, I feel like I'm not right with God. And I said, oh, oh, Papa, uh, have you repented of your sins? He said, no. I said, Papa, it's not that hard. You just talk to God the way you would me. Lord, I'm sorry for my sins. I, God, I'm sorry for the sinner that I've been. I want you to turn my heart from the way it used to be. God, I'm asking you to forgive me today. And uh, when I did, I didn't even have to tell him to repent. When I just started talking, he interrupted me and started saying, oh, Jesus, I'm sorry for the sins. He's 86 years old. I'm sorry for the sins I committed. Oh, God, I'm sorry for the things I've done wrong. Lord, I'm asking you to forgive me, oh, God. I'm asking you to help me. I'm talking about from his heart. Come on, we don't need to read somebody else's prayer. We need to pray from our heart. You can't pray somebody else's prayer. You just got to get real with God. Can I tell this congregation, we don't have time to get fancy. We don't have time to be impressive. You just got to get real with him. Scott, it's me. I don't want to be lost. I don't want to be a sinner. I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to spend eternity somewhere, God. Lord, that I would be like, God, save me. Come 
on. If you're waiting to learn all the scriptures, you're waiting too long. If you're waiting beyond to try to live good enough life, you're waiting too long. You've got to get God before you can change your life. Over the years, I've had people to tell me, I've had people, well, you know, preacher, when I'm ready, I'm going to get baptized. Oh, preacher, you know, when I, when I, I got to get some things in order, then I'm going to get right with God. I've got to get some things taken care of. I've got to get some family issues fixed. I've got to get some things in order that I know are right. And when I do, I'm going to start coming to church. I'm going to live for God. I've looked at every one of them since I've come to this understanding. Quit trying to get right with God on your own. You can't get good enough to get God. He's not sitting back waiting on you to live a certain life good enough before he shows up. He's already showed up. That's why you're feeling sorry for the things in your life. That's why you're feeling regretful for the things you've done. You don't get God to get good. I mean, you don't get good to get God. You've got to get God so you can get good. I can live the way I live only by Jesus Christ. I'm righteous not because of me. I read it the other day. The Bible says our righteousness is as filthy rags. You can't live good enough to be good enough. You're still gonna sin with your sinful nature and whether you wanna admit it or not, you're a sinner that's saved by grace if you're saved. If not, you're a sinner that needs to be saved by grace. We all were born in sin and made mistakes and lied and cheated and did things and thought thoughts and worked our own way and did our own thing that was right, wasn't right. I'll never forget that I looked at Papa Tackett that day and I said, Papa, God's forgiven you. That's simple. You don't have to pray three hours, go to church for three weeks and then be judged by the preacher. Well, let's just see. Oh, no, no, no. When the presence of the Lord moves in, you feel that warmness coming over your spirit today. Some of you are pricked in your heart. Some of you also feel the comforting something coming over you right now. That's saying, you know, I feel something stirring on the inside. You know what, that, that's not God trying to judge you. That's God trying to reach you. And I looked at him and I said, Papa, you need to be baptized in Jesus' name. He said, I want to be. I called the pastor down the road. I went to West Virginia, called the pastor down the road. I said, hey, get the baptismal ready. He had to put water in a horse trough. Went down, put water in a horse trough and baptized. When he come up out of the water, God poured his spirit upon him in a mighty way just like when Jesus come up out of the water this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased how many know that's what happened when Jesus got baptized anxiety was gone not one more day of fretting not one more day of worry you know why because he made it right with God it wasn't too long after that that he, he died and went on to be with the Lord. And I come to tell you that you don't know the day. You don't know the hour. That's what he was saying in the book of Mark. He said, you've got to be careful. You've got to be careful because you don't know when it's coming. It's going to be like a thief in the night. Well, you know, when I hear the trumpet sound, I'm going to go to get things right with God. It doesn't work that way. You've got to live. Jesus said, behold, that's how the book ends, Revelation. I Come quickly. And if the watchman of the house has said he's going to come, you better understand he is going to come. Let us pray all over the room right here today. Come on, everybody in the room, I want you to talk to God. Lord, it's me. Come on, just say, God, it's me. Oh, God, it's me. If Jesus would come tonight, oh, Lord, in the name of Jesus, in the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord. What are you going to do? Because he's coming. Oh, God, where are you at today? 
that you keep procrastinating and putting off. God's reaching for you even right now. You could get your heart right today and know with an assurance. As we, we sang just a few weeks ago, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Knowing beyond the shadow of a doubt that if he comes again, you would be saved. Somebody say amen. He's reaching for you today and he's reaching for your neighbor. You keep saying, I'm going to quit. I'm, I'm going to stop this. I'm, I'm going to quit doing this. I know it's not right. See, what you got to understand, the Bible says that all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. You can't hide from God. You can hide it from your spouse. You can hide it from your kids. You can hide it from the worker. You can hide it from the preacher. I've been fooled many times, many times. I didn't know that somebody had a secret. But you can't hide it from God. The Bible says that what you do in secret will be shouted from the housetop. There will be a day that every single person in this room is going to stand before God and give an account for what you've done. You know why you go to church? Because the Bible says judgment begins at the house of the Lord. Look at your neighbor and say, God is going to bring you into judgment. Scripture says, go ahead and do whatever you want to do. Live however you want to live. Whatever your eye sees and is pleasing to you, go ahead and do it. Whatever your heart wants, go ahead and do it. Just remember that one of these days, young men, the Bible says, God's going to bring you in a judgment. Every single person will stand before God and they will give an account for the life they should have lived. The Bible says in Revelation 20, let's look at it here today. Revelation 20. Revelation 20. Let's look and see what it says. Why did Jesus die? So we have a better house and better car and get healed? No. He can bless us, but he died to give us what? Somebody shout, eternal life. Revelation 20 11 says, And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away and there was found no place for them. I've had people over the years say, well, when I see God, I'm going to question God. Why did you take them before their time? I'm going to let God have it. You don't know what you're talking about. You're going to be silent. You stand before God and his appearance, you're going to shudder at the power of his presence. Bible says they were dumb before him, meaning they were silent before him. And, and I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. You can't die and get away from him. Small and great stand before God. And the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were just out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And I stop here and say today, are your works pleasing to God? Is your life pleasing to him? Or is it pleasing to culture? Pleasing to traditions? Pleasing to your flesh? And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged. Every man. That means every lady. Every man according to their works. 
and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Jesus said it's a place of weeping and gnashing of teeth. When I was growing up, I asked a boy one time, I asked him to come to church, and he didn't want to come to church. He, he said, he said I, I don't want to go to church. He said, I want to go to hell. That's what he told me. He said, I want to go to hell. I said, Jamie, why do you want to go to hell? He said, because that's where the rock stars are going to be. It's going to be a party. It's going to be a party. I, I didn't realize then because we didn't listen to that type of music when I was growing up. We didn't listen to them sing those songs. Whore munging and partying and drinking and lying and cheating and all that promiscuity songs. that We, we didn't listen to all that, that, that stuff that defiles the heart and defiles the mind and spots the garment. And uh, I didn't realize there was a song that was called The Highway to Hell. We're going to spin it. There's a highway to hell. There's no stop signs. There's no U-turns. There's a highway to hell. That was a, that's a song. How many has ever heard of that song? He was basing his eternity on a song. I believe it was ACDC that sang the song. I got up and I started preaching a message. There's a highway to hell. But that song's a lie. It's not a party. It's a weeping. My grandfather died in 1975, a sinner. A sinner. He said, I was led. He, he didn't go to church. This was his story. He, he died on the operating table and he came back to life later when the, when the waiting room was praying and my grandmother wouldn't give up on a promise about her husband being saved. And she held on to that promise. Oh God, when the doctor said he's gone, we've done all we can do. She said, God, you made me a promise. Doctor walked back in and said, I don't know what happened, but Ralph's going to live. He's got a pulse. His heart rate's going up. His blood pressure's going up. We don't understand, but he's going to make it. My mother was in the waiting room when this happened. The first words out of his mouth in recovery was, give me the preacher. When they pulled the hoses out of his mouth, give me the preacher. My pastor went in there, and he said, preacher, he said, I got to talk to you. He said, something happened to me in that operating room. He said, I died. He said, a death took me down a road. He said, the further I got down that road, that's how he was talking. He said, the further I got down that road, he said, I began, the darker it became. He said, I began to hear the screams of people in torment. He said, people crying. He said, I went, he said, I realized, preacher, I was a sinner and I was on my way to hell. He said, and I cried out, I don't want to go there. He said, when I said that, he said, that thing turned around and led me back up that road and I woke up on this table. He said, preacher, I don't want to go to hell. Preacher, I don't want to be lost. Preacher, I don't want to be lost. He repented. He didn't wait for Sunday. He didn't, he, he didn't wait for the summer revival. He repented right there in the hospital bed. And I'm glad to tell you they baptized him right there in the hospital. He got his heart right with God and God saved him. Three months later, he went on to be with the Lord. If Jesus came tonight, I'm preaching to somebody. If Jesus came tonight, if Jesus came tonight, Quit postponing what God has called you to do now. 
It's no accident that you're here. It's no accident. I was somewhat scheduled to be in Crooksville, but I felt I was supposed to be here today. And I've come to preach to you that God has more in store for you than just an American dream. He's got eternal life for you. You don't have to go to hell. You don't have to be lost. You have to be lost. Stand to your feet all over the room. You don't have to be lost. 2 Thessalonians 1. 2 Thessalonians 1 and, and 8. Help me, IT team. In flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God. We don't, we don't hear that gospel preached very often. We don't preach it very often, but it's in the book. You got to understand that God, a loving God, for God so loved the world that he gave. How I many believe that? His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have what? Everlasting life. My, I feel like preaching to you. But what about the gospel that says he's, he's going to return in a flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power when he shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all them that what? Believe because our testimony among you was believed. It also says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 it says in verse 14 for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again even so them also which, us, which sleep in Jesus will God bring with them. He's talking about those that have died and passed on. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord that we which are alive and remain under the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. Such as Sister Megan, Sister Southall. This is what, she's asleep. She died just a couple weeks ago. Young. It's talking about people that have passed on. But he says, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven. Everybody shout, the coming of the Lord. Shout it again, the coming of the Lord. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. With the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God. The angel's going to sound the trumpet. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we, somebody say us which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. It's not comforting if you're not right. It's not comforting if you're not saved. I've been there when I got off the school bus and it's doors opening. When I grew up, they talked about the rapture. Everybody say the rapture. The rapture rapture of the church the coming of the Lord he's coming after a church that has made themselves ready so all I can do is preach to you the truth it's up to you to live right with God the angels going to sound true I grew up when they preach about the rapture man they preach it all the time this, this is not an un uncommon preaching I get off the school bus walk up the doors open, the cars in the driveway come to the door as I would every day. Mom! Mom! 
kitchen. I run to the back door. I look outside in the backyard and said, Mom, Mom, you know what was going through my head? The rapture. And I was left behind. I was looking for an outfit laying on the ground somewhere with her house shoes and her outfit laying on top of it because you're not taking anything with you when you go. The boat's not going. Your trophies in your car, your house not going with you. Naked I came to the world, naked I'll leave. All that stuff you're prioritizing over, God's going to be gone. You got to get the soul right. The only thing you're taking with you is the soul. The soul that sinneth shall surely die. Worried. I'd call grandma. You know what? You've never seen a slow phone till you think the rapture's taking place. It, it, it won't go fast enough. She answered the phone. I was like, I know he hadn't come. Thank you, Jesus. But what I'm going to say to you, there's going to be a day that happens. And if Jesus comes tonight, you're going to be calling people. You're going to be trying to get a hold of people. And nobody's going to answer. Not the one saved. The only ones that will be left behind are those that their hearts are not right with God. And Jesus has sent me under the authority to preach to you. You better get your heart right with God. Quit playing games and quit postponing because he's coming. I never dreamt when I looked at Michelle last year and I said, Michelle, you know exactly what you need to do to get right with God on a Wednesday. Scheduled, scheduled to meet her the following Wednesday at noon. You both were in the office with me when Jackie came in. She said, you're not going to believe this. They called. Michelle's been in a car wreck. We run down the scene of the accident. and Michelle had been killed in a car accident. But between Wednesday and Wednesday, she was in this altar seeking. And I'm saying to you right now, eternity's too long to wait. I, I hear you saying, well, one of these days, the devil is just postponing you because he's trying to destroy your eternity. And I've also heard today, while I'm preaching, because I can feel it, I don't understand this. Why would God? I'm going to tell you, God loves you enough to send you the gospel. And he sent me to preach to you today the word of the Lord so you can get your heart right. It, it's attainable. The Bible says it's reasonable. It's simple. It, anybody can do it. Because if God begins to deal here, God, I want to be saved. Above all else, let's bow our heads. I must be saved. For above
condemn you. I've come to reach you. You're one prayer away from anxiety leaving and judgment leaving. Curses leaving your life. Because you belong to him when you repent and give your life to him. Be baptized, have your sins washed away. Oh, he's reaching for you. You don't know about tomorrow. He can come at any moment as a thief in the night. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.